Hey, welcome to another mile post here on the V Twin Life. V Twin Life is brought to you by a few great companies. One being Crash Ink Clothing. You can find them out of Oregon. Great company specializing in clothes, doing work on bikes now. You can check them out at crashinclothing.com. They got a lot of great stuff. Hey, head on over there. Maybe they got something you like. And we can't forget Wild Ass. You like pounding miles, you like riding, you want to be in comfort. Hey, maybe strap a wild ass under your ass and ride with an air cushion and be comfortable for hours. And can't forget Custom Dynamics, leading the industry in lighting LED technology. Man, these guys got some great stuff. So head on over to Custom Dynamics and check it out. Now, let's get to another mile post of the V-Twin Life. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another mile post. We are here hitting mile post 109 tonight with... Ted Kettler, the host of the Motorcycle Men podcast. I got the opportunity to meet Ted when I was in Sturgis working with Wild Ass and got introduced by the one only Wild Ass Craig. And God, we started shooting the shit, said, fuck, you know, let's, let's do an episode and have a good time. And so here we are. Yeah. How you doing, Denver? So Good. How you doing, Ted? Excellent, man. Hanging out. Looking forward to this. Yeah. Glad we hooked up. Man. It was a lot of fun meeting you. It was. It was, you know, got to meet a lot of different people. It's, you know, just trying to remember all the names of people and. You know, lined up some guests, and it's like, Jesus, who did I talk to? It was like, I got to try to find some notes and little business cards that I got. But yeah. man, it was super cool getting to talk to you. And you know, I've listed a few of your your motorcycle men uh, episodes, and actually, of course, you know, like we we're saying earlier with Brian Ford, aka Bry the Biker, he's a huge fan of yours, and you know, he lent me some more great information. And I really enjoyed listening to, to your uh, your Sturgis review because realized that was your first trip out, and yeah, actually had some good questions that that came out of that episode. So yeah. We can wow. get into that here in a little bit. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was a, uh, it, it was it, it's certainly an interesting experience. I, I I'll say that that's for sure. I bet. So we'll start where I like to. You know, where did motorcycles come to life for you, man? How did you find them? Oh, geez, ah, oh, man. Uh, the first time, my first exposure to motorcycles, I was about ten. Yeah, maybe like 10, 11, 12, maybe. Um, my dad took me and my brother up to visit some friends and. Um, in new york and uh in upstate new york and they had dirt bikes and they gave each one of these a dirt bike with, for, with their kids and we are riding around a dirt but here i'm wearing my sunday best and i'm on this dirt bike i have zero experience on this and they just showed me how to use the clutch and shift and that was pretty much that that was my first experience with that and then uh it wasn't until when i was in when i was in the navy that I bought my first motorcycle when I had absolutely no business <laughs> buying a motorcycle. I bought a, uh, uh, it was a Yamaha TC125. I think it was a TC125. I know it's a 125. That's all I remember. And uh, it had issues. I paid 400 bucks for it and I sold it six months later for 400 bucks. <laughs> and I think I logged maybe three miles on it, if that. <laughs> I, I think I might have crashed it two or three times, but, and, and then after that, man, I didn't get a, I didn't get a, I, I always wanted to get a Harley. I had this fantasy of getting a sportster and riding across the country, you know, and uh, back when I wanted a sports there, they were like, they were like 2,500 bucks and you had to wait a couple of years before you could get it, you know? And, uh, but I didn't get my first bike, my first, actually for my first motorcycle until uh, 2004, my first 
Harley. I didn't get it until 2004. And that was the first time I actually owned a bike. I already had my endorsement. I haven't got my endorsement. God, in the mid eighties, I got my endorsement in the mid eighties, but I never owned a motorcycle. So yeah, that's when I got my, I got my Scott Sportster, a, 1990, a 1994 uh, Sportster XL. Yeah, it was, it was an XL883. And I had that for 10 years. And then I got my current heritage and I just picked up a, uh, last February, I picked up a, another hundredth anniversary, uh, sportster. So I got two 100th anniversary Harleys right now in my garage. I love the black and gray colors they did on those. Are, it's know, just sharp and a, a good look. You know, they, uh, I think the only problem with them is that they made too many of them. Uh, they have, they had, four, I think they have four color schemes or three. They had the black silver, they had blue, they had black. I think that was the only three color schemes they had. And I think it's the black silver that I have that's the most sought after. Yeah. It is. And I found out a friend of mine had one. This was been years ago, got into a little accident with it. And when he had to replace the badges, you had to send them back to Harley because it's a one for one exchange. You just can't buy them. That's right. And an interesting thing also is about that silver paint. They only produced that paint that one year. And because I had to have my front fender repainted at some at one point. And the they had a hardest time. They had that front fender for a little over a month because they couldn't find the paint. They had to go back to Harley or Harley whatever. But it, it's it, it's everything. It's all limited production, limited run stuff. And you're talking about, I mean, at this point, it's 20 years old. So right. yeah, it's, it's it's so if I ever if I ever have to get the bike painted that silver again, I'm probably out of luck. You very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I don't know, being a hundredth anniversary, maybe, you know, maybe they got a few few gallons on the shelf somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or at least got I the paint be... code somewhere that they can readily access it. <laughs> I don't know. I just you know, you gotta wonder what the shelf life of that stuff is, but uh yeah, man, it does oh, have man. shelf life. I don't know, I have no idea. <laughs> if it I was do, black, I... you know, yeah, if it was black or the blue, or maybe not the blue, but if it was black, it'd probably be no big deal. But it's the silver and black, and you know, God forbid, should the the little stripe on the side that has a million Harley Davidsons in it, should that ever get scratched or ruined? I'm forget it; it's over with. You know? Yeah, that little pinstripe they put on. Yeah, man. Oh man, but I love the bike, and uh, the the Sportster is just in pristine condition. I ride them both, man. I mean, I, I rode the Heritage out to Sturgis this year from North Carolina, so um, and she ran great. She ran really good. Yeah, I was I was listening to your episode about that adventure. It sounded like a, a lot of fun, kind of like you kind of took a once a detour, but you enjoyed a nice ride to get yourself to South Dakota. Yeah, you know, um I I I went on and on about that route going out there. And I wasn't really sure what the best way. I mean, if you do a Google Maps thing, you know, take me take me to Rapid City, South Dakota, from my location, it wants you to take you through Chicago every single time, you know. And I just said no. Don't <laughs> so blame I just, on that one. No, you know. So I plotted my own route, and I don't know. I, I mean, if anybody's watched any of my YouTube videos on the trip, you know, you'll you'll see what I went through. It was. Um, you know, it's like, I, I don't mind, uh, interstate travel at all. I mean, riding on the interstate for me is great. Cause I just put my feet up on the highway pegs and I just sit back and I cruise. It's great. Um, yeah, it's great until one falls off. 
like that happened to me. <laughs> I, oh, really? Did that really? Yeah, on my on my uh, Monsters Over Mountains run, somewhere between Missoula, Montana, and Kalis Kalispell, my left one fell off. I still got the bracket, but the peg oh, it, no, it really? left the group chat and said, "See ya." Oh wow! Oh man, what a bummer that would be. Oh, yeah, crap. it kind of sucked because that one was brand new. I just replaced it, <laughs> and I, it was tight. I put it on freaking tight. Maybe you might have put it, it on too tight. It vibrated <laughs> loose somehow, but yeah, it, it left. Maybe it was just that you know those that quality steel <laughs> something, but yeah. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I don't mind highway driving. In, in this particular case, on this trip, there were parts that I really wish I took a different path going up there because the interstate was just clogged with semis, you know, tractor trailers, 18 wheelers, trucks of all types and sizes. And uh, I described it, I guess, as you heard on, on my podcast is that it was, it was like, it was, um, it was tractor trailer NASCAR is what it was. And, you know, I, I it was just crazy. But I'll tell you on the, on my trips that I've done to the Florida Keys, it's more class a rvs towing a truck or a car or something like that that's you get more of that yeah you know and <laughs> you no, see it, these. It's, it's this comment from my wife when we went to sturges we got somewhere past missoula and wife asked hey you know she goes can we take the backrest out and get a little bit more room I'm like sure because we were heading to butte to get the now motorcycle trailer i got from springer mike who's in the side chat and so i had my Kimi Moto bag on the tour pack. And then in front of it, I strapped it, my uh, older big tea bag. Yeah. And so we took the backrest out and I'd wedged it down in between the two bags on top of the tour pack. It was pretty solid in there at that time. <laughs> but the tour, the tea bag kind of kept shifting a little bit. So wife would, you know, moving it with her elbows. And some guy in this caddy comes up next to us, you know, yelling at us. And I couldn't figure out what the fuck he's saying. And then finally got the jest from him that something flew off. I'm like, Something flew up. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so we hit this rest stop, get off, and that backrest wiggled its way out, and it left the bike at about the, 90. The leather, 90. the leather backrest that goes on the sissy bar, that, that flew off? No, for the driver's backrest. Oh, the driver's backrest. Yeah. Off. I took oh. it out and set it between the two bags on my tour oh, pack. Oh. I'll give the wife a little bit more room, and it wiggled loose, and it about 90 miles an hour going down I-90, it left the bike. And luckily it didn't hit a car behind me, but she's yeah. like, we're going to go live for it? I'm like, fuck, no, we ain't going to find it. I'll get another one some other time Damn, later. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. I can honestly say I've never lost anything off the bike. Although going down to the Keys the first time, I did almost lose my tour pack. Oh, I shit. I just happened to look in my rear mirror and it was leaning off the rack on one side. So, damn, oh, man. yeah. But um, no, it, it, the, the trip out was was good, and the trip coming back was it had its moments. Uh, I, the rain was for me. The rain was just brutal. That it's just every single day it would rain. You know. An hour before I arrive at my destination, it would rain <laughs> every day. Come on, give me a break. It did. Uh, it, they gave you hail instead of rain. I heard. Uh, on when I was pulling into when I got was in Nebraska, and before I got to my hotel in Nebraska, the day before I arrived in Rapid City, yeah, it, we got a nice hailstorm on the way, and just you know, I 
I've seen hailstorms. I've been in hailstorms, but never on a bike, you know, <laughs> and, and I never realized how much that, that, that shit hurts when it hits you, when you're going 55 yeah. miles an hour, I just never realized it. And damn, <laughs> were you in a full face or half, half, oh, full half face. Face. yeah, full face helmet. Oh. I mean, I've it, done it once in a half shell and having to ride down the road with my elbow and forearm up over my face because the hail. Oh that man, stopped. I couldn't even imagine that. That'd be oh. <laughs> but then I've done it once. I've got caught one time with a full face, and it's you can't believe how loud it is in your helmet. That stuff hitting oh, your helmet. Oh yeah, you know it's it's like it's like that. It's it's like a drumstick just hitting a piece of wood, man. Just. <laughs> yeah it's loud it's oh my god but you know i took my i had to take uh my uh i took my gopro off my helmet because i didn't want it to get wrecked you know i took my phone off the phone mount you know i was just like doing some you know <laughs> preemptive strikes or just got, trying to get get rid of stuff so i wouldn't get, get anything damaged but man and you know you were there i mean you know i mean we had temperatures in the 50s man yeah, my, my wife wasn't too impressed when you know we were talking about going over there and you know we're gonna go work for wild ass and it's like it's gonna be hot. I'm like it's always hot in Sturgis, it's gonna be 90 to 100 degrees every day. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, she wasn't too fond of that weather. She's like, oh, where's man. this good weather you're talking about? Like, I don't know. I haven't heard oh, of this shit happen over here. You know, it's like um uh, the on the fifth, the day I was pulling into Rapid City, it was uh raining like hell. And the wind was whipping and the temperature was uh, 57. And so you take rain, you take wind and you take that temperature and you, you, know, you got your windshield going on. It was probably in the mid forties, you know, feels like temperature. Wow. I think that's it. So did you pull in on Saturday? Saturday. I think. I yeah. Same with, with Amy and I, cause we were God coming through Wyoming, probably the last we're probably 50 miles outside of Sturgis and you get in this little drizzly rain that's fucking irritating. It's like, okay, I, I don't need to put on, you know, the raincoat or, you know, the leathers or any of that stuff. This will be okay. And I had the soft lowers on my crash bars. Plus, you know, I ride the road glide. So you get, you know, the yeah, see, right there was where you did it right. Cause I brought my soft lowers and I never put them on. <laughs> and yeah. I wish I did. And so I think we you know, you get behind the, the semis and you're getting the mist off them and it's like my knees start getting wet. And then all of a sudden, you know, 20 miles later, I can feel the moisture soaking down my jeans, you know, socks are getting wet. I'm like, fuck, fine. So we pulled over at this point. I think we're 20 miles outside of Sturgis. I think we're by Bella Fouche. It's like, fuck it. You know, grab the raincoats, put them on, put my leathers on, my chaps and shit. And it's like, fuck it. Let's just get there. And How much do you hate your rain gear? See, I only pack a raincoat i don't i've never bought full rain gear oh really no i've i've had my joe rocket gear which has done pretty well for me which yeah. granted it's fuck now it's 23 years old wow the pants don't fit i've, I've grown a little bit but i still have the <laughs> <Tell me all. laughs> the ballistic 5.0 touring coat and it's done well i mean i have my crash ink rain jacket which is actually phenomenal the ones that brad had made whoever he got them through they are some damn good quality and so Amy had that one. I have a nice Under Armour one that's really nice that I also use for fishing. And it's a larger one, so I can wear it over my sweatshirt or coat and All right. a little bit of room. But it does great. And plus, you know, having the fairing on the road glide does help some, too. 
Yeah, that, that that does help. I mean, I got a, I got a big twenty one inch windshield on the front of my bike. Plus, I've got the I've got the hand guards as well. Um, I've been thinking about those. You know, I tell you what, I've had these on the bike. Uh, I got them. I put them. I got bought the bike in twenty fourteen, and I put them on the following spring. So, uh, they're they've saved me from a lot of uncomfortable moments and. Uh, They've saved me from getting hit with cigarette butts and bugs, <laughs> things like yeah. that. Bees to the fingers and little rocks can hurt like hell. Oh my god! <laughs> I've got I, yeah. I've had plenty of bug splats on those hand guards to prove I've saved myself, you know, on numerous occasions. But I, I think they're worth it. You know, um, I like them a lot, and uh, they do. You know, with the cold, does it does it get the wind off your hands well kind of sort of you know that i like them though but they work i like them but uh yeah i mean even with the big windshield you're still gonna get wet there's nothing you can do about yeah that. you know you're, you're yep. gonna get wet no matter what you do you're gonna it is what it is yeah and you know i i i got the ring gear and every time it started to rain i'm like i i i hate the the ring gear so much that i don't want to put it on you know, because it's just a pain in the ass to put it on. You got to stop on the side of the road. Then you got to, I think it's the pants that's the worst because you got to really fight with the pants because you got full length zipper on both sides. And it just, it just fights you the entire time you're trying to put it on. Right. Or I find myself some, it's like, you'll, you'll see it coming. It's like, oh, this is bad. It's like, I'm looking at the map like, okay, this is shitty weather in front of me. It looks great. I'm looking at the highways. Well, fuck, I'm going to be going this way. Maybe I can just dodge it. Yeah, yeah. You know, how many times did I say that on the way up? I'm like, yeah, well, it's going over that way, and the road's curving this way, so maybe I'm going to miss it. Well, no, you're not. (laughs) You're not going to miss it. You know, it's going to follow you. Yeah, it's going to follow you. You see it, and, you know, and what do you, you look for a bridge to get under so you can put on the stupid rain gear and, and then you got the, you know, I don't know what you said. You don't have the pants. So you more than likely you don't have the booties to go with it either. Right. No, I just throw my leather chaps on. Yeah. I got some thick, heavier chaps and that's just what I use. I do. You know what? And here's an interesting. I did not bring my chaps with me because like you, like you told your wife, it's always hot as hell in Sturgis. So <laughs> there's no need to bring your chaps. Now I got a really wonderful pair of Milwaukee uh, chaps. These things are freaking awesome. I've had them for, oh my god, twelve years, and you know they still fit me and they're comfortable. They're but they're they are good, good quality leather. I'm like, I don't want to get these things wet, you know, if it rains on me. So I just left them at home. I kind of wish I did bring them because then you know I wouldn't have been cold sometimes. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, you know, maybe it would have deflected some of the rain. I don't know. I think they have some, but I, you know, once learning the little trick, how to actually roll them up, yeah, flip them yeah, together. Yeah. So they're about yeah, big around yeah, yeah. and they, they take that. up less room. And yeah, yeah, this is one of those things. I mean, a lot of my local riding's like, nah, fuck, I ain't going to bother. But if I'm going any bit of distance, like I'm just going to throw them in for cheap security. Yeah, I should, you know, I should. And the thing is, it was, and I'm a little annoyed with myself also. And I didn't realize it until I was almost in Tennessee that I left my tour vest back home and I like I like to wear my tour vest my tour vest when I'm you know cruising around locally it's just because it's you know a little bit of extra protection you know and I don't have to mm-hmm. wear a full jacket or anything like that but I was really bummed I left it at home 
darn it. But hey, hey, what is what it is. Um, I tell you what, though, I I was I was kind of disappointed in the riding up there because mostly because of the weather. The weather sucked the first few days. See, in the, what I learned from, you know, with the wife and I, we went over there and our son last summer, but we went over in June, pre-rally. Yeah, a lot of people told me they did that. That, if you want to experience the area, be able to do some riding and whatnot, I would go three, four weeks before the rally. You can yeah. enjoy the roads. I mean, you're, you still got bikes there, but it's not like rally time. Yeah. and. You know, we experienced that ourselves, even, you know, trying to get in the highway or through the towns and whatnot. It's like, fuck, I'd come back anytime in June. And, you know, Amy and I have talked about it because we'd love to go spend like five days over there just to see more of the area. Because we went over last year for the start of the Hoka Hay and met a bunch of people and, you know, did some exploring around. Well, she did more exploring because my bike was broke and spent one day at Black Hills Harley. <laughs> and, you know, so that cut a day short. But it's definitely a better way to go if you want to see the area and really enjoy some of the riding. You know, it's funny because uh, I was with my friend, um, Larry Marshall from the V-Twin blog, and he was telling me, well, you got to do this and you got to do this. And you got to do that ride. You got to do this ride and that ride. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to have that time for that. And um, I, he did ask me later, so did you do this? No. Did you do that? No. Did you? No. I know. <laughs> I didn't do that. You know, uh, even some of the, guy, the guys uh, uh, from um, – chasing asphalt podcast i was on their show uh last week and he asked they were asking me if i did all these different roads i'm like no i mean i was just i think one of the things i had mentioned i was just so overwhelmed you know this is my first time there and i was just swamped with you know it's just information overload just you're getting hammered from every direction I'm like wow what do i do first you know but yeah wow man yeah, the only thing I was able to do with well, Vanocker Canyon Road, of course. Vanocker was awesome. I got to experience that this year. And man, that's that's a beautiful ride up through there. That up it through Nemo really, and the Yeah. I mean, it takes and, a little bit longer, but you know, if Craig's like, hey, we're going this way, we're taking a detour. And at first I thought, you know, okay, you know, should be like a half hour or something. It's like I should have enough gas and fuck we kept going. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't have the <laughs> gas. <laughs> Nice and you shit, know what? But, man, that was awesome. You know, and I'm gonna spoil a secret. I probably I probably shouldn't say anything, but I already did on my YouTube channel, so I'll, I'll just spill it. Going south to north is better. Um if you start in south. Rapids, if you start in Rapid City on South Canyon Road, yeah, take that, that eventually yep. turns into Nemo Road, and then Nemo yeah. Road you turn off onto Yep, hang a right to Sturgis. It's much better going south to north. Because it seems like everybody, everybody, I must have passed four dozen bikes going north to south, and I was like, the, I felt like I was the only bike going north. <laughs> so, well, and for us, like we're the uh, house that uh, Wildass had that Craig rented, we were only. It's like you go down the road, hang a right, then you go down, you hang another right, and there you go, you're heading off on up to Van Ocker Canyon. So that was a great. But like so Amy said, if you ever go over there pre-rally the yeah. no-name campground which is right next to the black hills national cemetery they have cabins you can rent they have oh. you know hot tub pools sauna there's a restaurant bar in the campground the food is good 
you know, the owners of the campground also ride motorcycles and it is an awesome place to stay. So, okay. So the no name campground, okay. Cause I remember going North on 90 from rapid city and I did see that black Hills cemetery on the left. Mm-hmm. So where's that campground you're talking about now? If you, you take that exit to go to the cemetery. Right. And when you're almost up to the gates of the cemetery, you would turn left and you go down that road about 400 yards and hang a right. And then you pull into the no name campground. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. And they got a bunch of cabins. I mean, you can pitch tents in there. They also have RVs you can rent to stay in, but I know we stayed in a, a two bedroom cabin. Okay. No, it was a one, one room. You had King bed and you had uh, bunk beds and a hide a bed. Right. And, and when we stayed over the last year, and oh, it was great. The rates were super reasonable. And the owners are awesome, cool people. Right. Sherry and oh, I can't remember her husband's name. We actually stopped in there while we were over at Sturgis to go and say hi to him. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, because I, I, I've been talked to several people about this already. You know, if and that's a huge if. It's it's probably about twelve inches tall. If I go next year, hey, hey Miss Monkey's in house. I'll, I'll I'll be I'll probably be camping to save money because it was an expensive trip. It oh, was an expensive, it was a very expensive trip uh, because I, I took to uh, lodging going up. I had four hotels going up, you know, four hotels coming back. Excuse me. I'm yawning. Um, and uh, it was just expensive, you know, plus of course my accommodations while I was uh, in rapid city, I took an Airbnb. It was great. You know, it was very comfortable, mm-hmm. but you know, it's pricey. It's an expensive trip. Yeah. No, it, it all adds up. That's 100% true. Now, the one thing on your trip I wanted to ask you, yeah. the uh, Audrey Motel. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, man. The greatest hotel. Do I still have the, have the card? I think I still have the card. Yes, I do right here. I know I made a oh. note of it. Where was it at? It's in Mountain City, Missouri. Here it is. I'm putting it up right here. Audrey's Motel. Owned, American owned and operated. Right there, it's um, yeah, Hank Just, guy who owns it. Place is fantastic. What I'll do is I'll I'll, I'll take a picture and I'll send this to you. But um, yeah. what a, you know, super hospitable. The place was clean, quiet. Uh, there's not a lot going on around the hotel, which is great. You know, it's it's right off the interstate. There's a there's a bar, you know, maybe I don't know, 500 feet down the road. And there's a McDonald's, of course, and a subway, and there's a gas station and all that. But uh, really quiet. He has a nice continental breakfast in the lobby. The lobby's like decorated with all motorcycle stuff, and he's a uh, he's a rider himself. And yeah, he was he he loves to talk and t- he'll. I in fact, the following morning when I was supposed to check out, it was pouring when I was supposed to leave. So the weather was supposed to change by nine thirty or so. So I just sat in the lobby and chatted with him for a while and uh what a great place man oh if you ever want to like if you guys want to start looking for a place to stay in missouri and you're on your way up to sturgis man go to audrey's motel just that's where you want to go great place now didn't you say and in, in, i know in your episode when you checked in dude comes out and offers you a beer yeah. when you check in. <laughs> awesome. you know and it's and it's, I, I kind of i feel bad because i'm not a beer drinker you know and if he came out offering me a glass of wine i would have said yeah dude but he I just pulled up and I'm a freaking soaking wet mess. And I just kind of like got off, I just got off the bike and he walks out and he's like handing me a beer. Like, wow. <laughs> you know? It's like, 
what do you do? I mean, that's uh, yeah. crap. What hotel does that, right? What hotel does I've that? never heard one like that. None, right? So, and, uh, you know, again, he was he catered to motorcyclists. I mean, there was two there was, uh, two cars with trailers and bikes on them in the, in the parking lot. While I, while I was checking in, four other guys showed up that were on their way to Sturgis. So, and they all knew him. They all, every, everybody knew everybody. Great. You know, so that's a, yeah, definitely a great place. Double, you know, plus they, you know, but there's, there's, there's good and bad, not with Audrey's, but with accommodations, you know, mm -hmm. Audrey's would have been the best place. It was the best place in the world, you know, but you know, the night before it was like the worst place in the world. So, <laughs> so it balances itself out. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A little give and take <laughs> a little, little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like Amy was saying. I think this year, no name campground. They were thirty five dollars for a tent side. Put your tent up. Yeah, you know. And the thing is, here's all I was thinking about doing: is I can get this uh, attachment for my pickup that'll turn my pickup into a camper, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a cap on the back of my truck, and it just attaches to the. You know, you open up the the ta the tailgate, and you open up the the lid on the on the cap, and then this thing just attaches to the back of it, and, and you just got to throw in a air mattress in the back and whatever you want i've got i've got a portable air conditioner it's about you know nine inches and by nine inches square and it's 12 on operate and dude that thing works great <laughs> so, <laughs> so i'm gonna i'll put that in the back i'll bring a little tiny little refrigerator and yeah i'm a comfort camper so the question is where am i gonna camp i don't know yeah you know, there's so many camper and campsites out there and, you know, which one has the best facilities, which one has the cleans. I've I heard a lot of not favorable things about the Buffalo chip as far as it goes for the, the, the facilities at, at the chip. Yeah. Mostly in that, you know, the, the porta potties and the showers are just disgusting, you know? Um, but I have also heard, you know, depending upon where you stayed at the chip also depend upon the quality of the facilities. So I, you know, who knows? Yeah. And my friend, uh, my friend, Larry Marshall was telling me that where he stayed, those things were spotless every single day. They clean those things constantly. So I don't know, you know, the, it's, it's, there's a lot of thinking to go on right now. I have no, yeah. Idea. We'll see. We'll see. You know, yeah. If I can, if I can do it cheaply. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So you got a trailer then you trailer up. Yeah. 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 I do. Uh, I got a trailer because it's the same trailer I used to bring the bike down uh, to North Carolina from Jersey. Uh, I've used it several times. Uh, so it's a good, good little trailer. And then, Hey, maybe, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. It's it, again, it's, it's I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well, you got time. If that, you know, yeah. But you know, I was disappointed in that. Uh, the day I arrived in Rapid City on the 5th was the same day, and I wish they had done this on a different day, like Sunday instead. But they had the uh, uh, content creators hangout meet and greet thing up at the uh, big engine bar at Crossroads up the Buffalo Chip. And yeah, I heard about on, that. They had it on Saturday. And the weather, as you know, was crap on Saturday. And I didn't get into Rapid City until one of you know i i finally got into my hotel around 1 15 in the afternoon and that event started at two o'clock and i'm like 
I'm soaking wet. I'm cold. I'm tired. I'm like, ah, no, I'm not going. <laughs> so, yeah. See, Amy and I, we didn't get into like seven o'clock Saturday night. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And then Sunday God. we did the uh, Devil's Towers run on Sunday. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. I did the Devil's Tower on Thursday. Well, we didn't know actually when we went to go do it. You know, we hooked up with Springer Mike and his brother Nick and Amy and I. And so we went out there and it was actually the day. It was the uh, actual Devil Devil's Tower run was that day. So, I mean, there was there's a lot of bikes up there. But I mean, it was really cool because we didn't get to go up there last year. So, that was one of our goals this year was for Sunday. We were definitely going to go do Devil's Tower and end up being the actual run day for it. Oh, wow. How did you guys get? Did you guys trail your bike up or did you ride up? No, we rode. You rode? You're from Washington? Mm-hmm. You rode from Washington all the way there? Yep. Oh, wow. And you tent camped the entire time you were there? No, we stayed up with oh, Craig. Oh you, oh, you stayed with Craig in the house. Mm-hmm. Oh. How yep. big was this house? Pretty big. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because there was, see, Craig and Renee, Callie, Jarrett, me and Amy there. And his dad was there for two days towards the end. Wow. Holy crap. Wow, that's a houseful, man. Yeah. Damn. It was a great place. I mean, literally, you're, it was, if you were working down at Black Hills Harley, you were literally five minutes from the dealership. It was just up on the hill on the south side. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I actually hung out with the, with the, the crew over there at, at Black Hills Harley uh, a couple times. And uh, they were telling me about uh, you know, their close proximity to the house and all that. But uh, I would tell you what I was really surprised with. And in multiple ways is Black Hills Harley Davidson. What a huge expo they had there. Yeah. It, have you seen it? Yeah, you've seen it. It's yeah. monstrously large, really freaking big. And that's just on the on the grounds of Black Hills Harley Davidson. Then there's like this little lot across the street that they called Vendors Vendors Park. Row or something. Vendor, or? Vendors Park, they called it. Yeah. And I'm like wondering, there's so much space over there, Black Hills, Harley Davidson. Why don't they just like bring all that over there? You know, there's plenty of room for bike parking over there. But uh wow, man, what a huge thing they had going on over there. It was. It was it was I mean, you know, it's like I guess kind of why they call it the rally at X of fifty five, because it's like its own little rally going on. Yeah, it was oh man. And you know, and the thing is this again, this was my first time there, so I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, you see the pictures and you see some videos and you kind of get a kind of have an idea of what's going on and you know, all that. But until you see it with your own eyes, much like I've, I've said about Mount Rushmore and the devil's tower, until you, you could see it in all the pictures and all the video and movies and TV you want, but it's not until you see it with your own eyes. Do you realize the grand scale of what's going on there? It's just, it's just mind blowing, you know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was I me. Mean, this was, you know, for Amy and I it was our first time actually doing the rally, also. Was it really? Yeah. We well, went there last I, year, but that was just pre-rally. So then we've never actually been to the rally. Oh, okay. So but how much time did you have while you were there to like really walk around and scope things out? Oh, Sunday. Yeah. Also, that's because I mean, you were because you were working. Yes, yeah. I mean yeah. you could somewhat, you know, you could get some downtimes. I mean, I did it wandered. I think I only spent two days at Black Hills Harley, but you know, it's like you get some slow time. Say, cool, I'm gonna kind of wander around, you know, check some things out. And there's like one of the days when we were down to Sturgis because you know, with wild ass people are ordering stuff online too, so they're shipping stuff out. So you know, I made a trip over to the post office. Crazy, like, hey, you know, go through over here and check out. You know, Harley, go check this out on your way. He goes, it's all. On the way to and from the post office, I'm like, all right, cool. 
Wow. He had a little bit of time to walk around far, but not really see a whole lot. But it was still, you know, we still really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I, I tell you what, I could go, I put it this way, if I had two weeks there just in Sturgis alone, I, I probably would have gotten to see everything if I went every single day from morning until night and walked around and saw I know I didn't see everything. I know I didn't because there's a lot going on, you know, yeah, all, with yeah, all the vendors. And if you're a drinking kind of guy, I tell you what, man, there's like just bars everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did I say to guys? I said, look, if you go bored or hungry at, at Sturgis Rally, it's your own fault. Right. That's a very valuable point. I mean, really. I mean, God, especially the hungry part. If you go hungry, man, you, <laughs> there's something wrong with you. I mean, just food everywhere. <laughs> just food everywhere. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh man. For sure. But you know, I think I think one of the things the dynamic for me would have changed if I was there with somebody. You know, either a friend yeah. or one of my one of my brothers or even the podcast guys or. If I was there with somebody I knew that we could hang out together and do stuff, you know, it, it would have been totally different, you know, but when you're there, yeah, I would have made yourself, it for a different environment for sure. That, yeah. You know, when you're there by yourself, again, like I said, you, you get overwhelmed really quick, you know, um, man, oh man. But wow. You know what I thought was really cool? And I, I wish I had discovered it sooner was Deadwood. Yeah. I would love to spend more time through Deadwood, I, you know, two years in a row now I've rode through it and really didn't have time to stop and look at stuff, but that was wow, man. one what? place that I would like to go through and spend, fuck, spend a half a day to a day there alone. I, I, I hit Deadwood on the way back from Devil's Tower and I, I pulled into town and I was like, holy crap, this place is freaking cool. You know, you got the cobblestone street and there's a lot no of history. Just, a lot, oh my God, that town dates back to the 18, early 1800s, right? Mm-hmm. So, and some of those buildings are from the 1800s, which is uh, amazing in itself. But there's no vendors there. I didn't see any vendors whatsoever, but there's shops and stores up and down that street on both sides, restaurants, bars. Oh my God. No, I saw it was Harley. They, they had a semi set up, I think, doing demo yeah. stuff or something up there. I don't know. I oh, I didn't see it because, like I said, I got there. I came into. I don't even know what end of town did I come in. I have no idea what end of town I came in. I just just came. Oh, I'm in Deadwood. Okay, um, but I, I walked around. I walked up and down that that street twice, and I spent a lot of money. <laughs> not hard. No, no, it's not hard at all. Oh my god. You know what? It's what a cool town. I didn't get to Spearfish though. I never made it up to Spearfish. Everybody tell me that Spearfish Canyon Canyon Road. You got to do that. You got to go to Spearfish. That that is it is a good ride. Yeah, yeah. I never made it up there. Did it last year. Oh really? Wow. Damn. So I don't know. Like I said, but and I've I've said this before. And excuse me, listeners, if uh, you've heard this already, but for me. Uh, I've never heard of Keystone. So uh, yeah, there's Keystone. it's right up by Deadwood. Is it uh, really? Keystone actually you go through Keystone to get to Mount Rushmore, excuse me. Really? It's a cool little town. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I went through Keystone 
in order to get to um, yeah Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mount Rushmore was cool. That was what a blast it was. But um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Uh, honestly, the highlight of that entire trip, the two weeks that I was gone, the highlight for me was the Harley Davidson Museum in Milwaukee. That's on my bucket list. That was that was the high point of the whole trip. Sturgis was great. You know, it was a lot of, okay, it was fun and all that. But if I erased anything from my memory, it, it, would, it wouldn't have been the Harley Davidson Museum because, wow, the, the it's just, it's, you, you just, you look at everything, you, you kind of like starstruck. You're like, wow, you know, it's like, it, all that history that's there, man, oh man. And, you know, it's, wow, what an experience that was. Uh, I was, I got there to the museum. Uh, they, they opened up the museum opens at 10 30 in the morning. I was there a quarter to 11. And the cool thing about it is they're prepared for bikers showing up there because they have lockers for you to put your gear in. That, oh, that is, that is way cool. Right. So you get there, you know, <laughs> naturally it's raining. Right? So <laughs> it's pouring and I take off all my gear and I stuff it in a locker and I changed oh. it my sneakers, and then I just wander around, man. Mike, uh, I was waiting to say that myself. So if you talk, you've done the, the Harley Museum. What about, have you done the Wheel Street Time Museum? No, and you know what's weird? It, it's, it's pathetic is that it's right here in North Carolina, and I have not done it. But I, I'm going to make that a trip. I'm, I'm going to make that a stop. Uh, probably this fall, maybe, I might make the trip. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure where it is. In relation to where I am, I have to I have to look at a map to figure that out. It's people tell me it's not too far away. I don't know. It's wheels through time, right? Uh yeah. Wheels through time, motorcycle, and it is there. Now, how long would it take me to get there? Oh, it would take me five hours, almost six hours to get there. Eh. So, <laughs> so Miss Monk is a Deadwood's always fun. Always stop and play slots and have a few drinks. Keystone has the 1880s train that'll take you up to Hill City. The ride up to Hill City is also really nice. See, that uh, this, would be fun. I don't know. Yeah, that would be fun. I, I I dig trains. I think trains are cool. But wow, see, I didn't know that. You know, oh my god, yeah, you're talking about slots. You know, gambling is gambling is legal out there, right? And like you you can't you can't walk in anywhere without there not being a slot machine. So if you're the gambling type. You know, it's funny you talk about like the uh, the museum having lockers. I mean, total split off subject. But uh, I remember I was talking to somebody, can't remember who, but I think it's called House of Colors Harley Davidson, which is up in Anchorage, Alaska. They actually have a campground at the Harley dealership. So people traveling through Alaska, no you can kidding. go pitch a tent at the Harley dealership and camp there. Fr- you know what? Every freaking Harley dealer should do that. How, how convenient is that? Can you imagine that? Every Harley Davidson deal sets up campground right there on their property. Yeah, wow, boy, that'd be so cool! Wow, damn. I mean, I'm definitely gonna but switching sub wheels again. I'm definitely gonna have to go to with wheels wheels through time, and the barber my motorcycle museum. That's the yeah. We'll see. That's that's a little further away, but I definitely would love to make that. Yeah, I I kind of shaved here two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, Corey. It was all for a good deal though. <laughs> No, end up end up raising five thousand four hundred dollars to shave my beard off. Doing Seriously? The, uh, yeah, for the monsters over mountains fundraiser, I, we were kind of late getting the uh, 
getting it out there because of the Sturgis trip, doing the Monster 100 event. And so we basically, I, I put the fundraiser out with six days notice before the ride, which we did uh, 1,587 miles in 32 hours. How many miles again? 1,587. And how long? 32 hours. Damn. So it, it was a good ride. And I put in there to try to help boost the funding that if we would break 5,000, I would shave my beard off. And it was going pretty slow. And even that Sunday when it came time and we got back to my house at, I don't know, 1, 2 o'clock. And people had till 4, 4.40 that afternoon because that would end at the 36-hour mark. <clears throat> and because basically you set up the run for the Monsters Over Mountains, it's basically a bun burner, an iron butt. Yeah, exactly. 1,500 yeah, yeah. plus, you do it under 36 hours. Well, this year we came in at 32 hours, uh, 57 minutes or something like that. Really? And so well, it still hadn't made its goal. And I'm like, haha, you know, maybe we won't have to do this. And then I get a text from Ryan at like 3 o'clock. You better charge charge up your clippers, son. He goes, he just broke five grand. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so we end up doing a live video, which is still, it's on the Mile Monsters page. And my wife had the time of her life shaving my beard off, but oh it was all good God. cause, and now it's <clears throat> it's in the regrowth stage. <laughs> in fact, well, it was still uh, so so it's been in a regrowth stage for a while now, because since uh, August twenty second. I don't. That's when I shaved so, it off. Oh really? Why don't I remember your full beard when I saw you in uh, Sturgis? Yep, I, I still had the full beard in Sturgis. Just oh wow. It came off uh, the weekend after I got home. I'm just I'm just old. My memory's fading. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Oh, man. I don't know if I could. I, I, a beard is one thing. I don't know. I, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I had mine for a long time, so it's it's. Yeah, I was. I mean, you know, close friends and family members that had no idea who I was. <laughs> I was incognito, big time. <laughs> I used to have a mustache many years ago, <clears throat> and uh, I, but the funny, in fact, in fact, for a while, I had a, um, I had a, a soul patch that I grew pretty long, right, just right down here in the middle. You look at some of my videos, you'll see them. I had that. Thanks, Miss Monkey. And uh, I said, "Oh, you're growing it back again," because I would grow it, shave it off, grow it, shave it off, and so <laughs> I grew it. And then, okay, you know, so was, uh, walking around, you know, do my usual thing around the house. I still got this thing. And one day I just, ah, I shaved it off. You know, my wife never noticed. <laughs> never noticed I shaved it off. Okay, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. So, so anyway, but yeah. So the Mo Motorcycle Men podcast, yeah. you have, if I remember right, one of the longest running motorcycle podcasts. Yeah, uh, it, I thought I honestly thought that we were one of three, but it turns out we're one of four. Uh, Motorcycles and Misfits has been on the longest. Then Cleveland Moto, or is it? Well, yeah, Motorcycle Misfits is number one. They've been on for the longest, and I think maybe Adventure Rider Radio has been on nearly just as long, um, and has nearly as many episodes. And then of course Cleveland Moto, and then us. Uh, so yeah, we've been on, uh, we're eight years, uh, coming up on our, well, it'll be nine years in March and, uh, 359 episodes. So yeah. All right. So be coming up. See, October will be three years for me. 
Really? Yeah. You know what it's and it's and the thing is it's it's you, you, oh do you do yours is yours weekly or biweekly? Weekly. Weekly. Okay. I mean, we there's sometimes to- like I took some time off in the summer. We had so much stuff going in the summertime. It's like you know, hey, I'm going to take a month off or. Like it, you know, took a bunch of time after in August, basically because you know all the trips going on. So sometimes there is those times where I might not do something for a month just because of life and stuff going on. But sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, we used to do the podcast weekly for for the longest time. <laughs> the first few years, we used to do it weekly. Uh, is the V Two Cafe a real place? I feel like it's no, no, uh, Bry. No, it is not a real place. <laughs> but um, I wish it was. I really do wish it was. Um, and we joke about it um, that we're, you know, we're sitting in the corner booth at the V twin and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to actually going to be expanding on that uh, to bring the V twin more to life. And believe it or not, we're going to be having merch that you can buy. I ate at the V twin cafe kind of a things and uh, just stuff like that, you know, to a fictional place that doesn't exist, <laughs> but Hey, you know, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a thing we came up with and you know, funny story. I, I, I can't remember who it was. Oh, I remember who it was. Uh, I won't say, but, um, I got a phone call one day and, uh, the guy says to me, he says, I have a question for you about your podcast. What's that? He goes, How do you get such great audio in a diner? <laughs> like, well, what do you mean? This is what you're in this diner and you, your audio sounds great. How do you do that? I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. You mean the V twin? He goes, yeah. Uh, I had to break it to him. <laughs> you know? uh, oh, that's good. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I really wish it was a real place. Um, in fact, at one point, uh, us guys, the four of us, we were actually looking when, when, when we, when we were all located in New Jersey, uh, we were actually looking for a space that we could rent cheaply i might add that we could call the v-twin cafe and where people could come watch us do the podcast but uh we we found out very quickly there's nothing you can do cheaply you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of people thought it was real but it's it's okay and uh i I just i there's a lot of things about see what happened was uh tim uh, my brother tim and i we moved down here in north carolina and that left justin and chris back in new jersey and as, as you all know, because of the pandemic, we all had to, everybody had to be remote. So we started doing the podcast remote. And then when we moved down here, now we're doing a podcast remote, hundred percent remote. And that kind of changes the dynamic of the show, you know, because when we're all in the same room and we can feed off each other, the, the podcast is so, we're so much fun. We're just having such a great time. And, but now when you're remote, it's different because you're not there in the same room to, you know, to feed off each other. It's just not the same. Um, See what I found. I think like I've done them with three people. You get three people, even doing a remote, you can, I agree where you can really feed off people. But I think when you add four, it gets a little bit harder because sometimes you end up, you know, you're, you're talking over somebody else or stuff happens. And I think four is, is a hard number. Where I find it where three is three is a lot of fun. I mean, you could have a, a whole lot of fun and really feed off people, but four could be tricky. Well, you know what it is? We, we, it was three of us for, for the longest time, for quite a few years. It was just uh, myself and my two brothers. 
Uh, and then we just said, you know what, you know, let's, let's get Justin in here. Uh, because he worked at Harley at the time when we asked him, would you join the podcast? He goes, yeah, sure. So, uh, and it, it, it actually, it helped. It really helped the podcast a lot because now we had this other voice, this other, this other opinion and this other knowledge base that we could work off of. Mm -hmm. And the year, but yeah, they're talking over each other. Especially me. Everybody talks over me. It's, it's, it's there's always that. Right? I'm just the um, I don't know. I'm just a figurehead. <laughs> so, but everybody talks over me. Yeah, but you know, we we have fun. We have a lot of fun though. So, and what but, made you want to start the podcast? Oh, geez. Uh, you know, um, for the longest time, I would, uh, I would, uh, I would during the winter months of the colder or the lousy weather, I would have my uh, my bicycle on an indoor trainer. And I would, because I'm an avid cyclist, so I'll ride my bike on the indoor trainer. And while I would do that, I would listen to podcasts. I would listen to uh, Motorcycles and Misfits. I would listen to Cleveland Moto. I would listen to um, the Pace Podcast. Remember the Pace Podcast? No. No? Okay. They were around forever. And then uh, I would also listen to the Wheel Nerds, who, who've since gone, you know, so I would listen to all these guys. And of course, Loud Pipes Podcast, I would listen to them. And... Not so much loud pipes, but certainly from everybody else. I got this, we hate Harleys and cruisers vibe. You know, that's, that's the vibe that I was getting from. I was like, why is no, everybody's talking negative about Harleys and cruisers and stuff, you know? So I was like, that's it. I'm going to start a, a Harley cruiser based podcast. And that's what got, that's what I, I started to do. You know, I had these visions of grandeur of the things I was going to do. And well, you know, that, that all just went down the drain. <laughs> so now we just, we have the format we have and that was it. You know, the rest is history. So as they say, <laughs> yeah, but you guys, you know, you've really proven yourself and been around for a while. So, you know, obviously, you know, people enjoy it and you guys yeah. have fun. And see that for me, that's the biggest part is, you know, uh, I don't look at the numbers a whole lot. I don't pay attention to a lot of that because <laughs> I'm having fun. I enjoy doing this. Yeah. I enjoy, you know, I say it every episode. The biggest reward is this is the friendships you get out of every person that comes on. Every yeah. mile post I have is is a new friend that I made. And exactly. man, it's awesome. And and that's that's the greatest reward. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I have guests that I have had on this show uh from f five, six, seven years ago, and I still keep in touch with them. You mm -hmm. know, and you know. I'll get, I'll, I'll, hey, I, I'm not a word uh, name dropper, but Alonzo Bowden, for example, I can I can send him a text message right now. Hey, we don't come on a show Tuesday. I'm there. He's you know so <laughs> it's you know and it's people like that and it's like anybody that I've hi Miss Monkey, but <laughs> anybody that I've ever had on the show before, I can, uh, I, I can I can contact them and say you know come back on the show and I, yeah they're there. You know, and that's, yeah. that's that's great. And the thing is, is like, um, what it wasn't until I went to Sturgis that I actually got to meet some of these people that I've had on the show that I've never met before. And, and that's, that's how it was for me last summer when I went over to Sturgis for the Hoka Hey, when I finally got to meet like Riot, uh, you know, K Solo and Reef, Chris Hopper, Kimberly Walling. I mean, that's the first time I met Craig Johnson, uh, Diesel. I mean, a lot of these guys that I've got to know. You know, got referred to by the people, done episodes with, and finally got to meet so many of these people face to face for the first time, and it was super cool. And oh, yeah. you know, it's crazy the 
even some of the people that I've had on here that never met face to face, like you're saying, you know, like you know, Bri, Bri, Bri the biker, Brian Ford, one dude, we're great friends, we talk all the time, still never met face to face. Just bring your mic on here, it's brother Nick, and some of these people that you've I've met through here and same thing. It's like, I can scroll through sometimes like my phone book. Well, it's short about 200 ish contacts when I got a new one last week and I lost a ton, Good but it's like some of the, the phone numbers of people in here. It's like, Holy crap. It's, it's amazing. and so cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I got to, Oh man. It's just, like I said, I, I was, I wanted to meet more people like for Adam Sandoval. I had him on the show five years ago and I was hoping to meet him up there. And he's like, Never got them. Never got to see him. Never got to meet him. Jeez, uh, I mean, even Million Dollar Bogan, he was at Sturgis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, with Matt Laidlaw. And, right, and I didn't. I emailed to him. I was going to be there. Didn't get to meet him. You know, but you know, when I, I guess some people when they're high profile, they got better things to do. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> hey, we all got those dream guests, you know. And what's the worst yeah. they can do? You contact me, they say no, no or they don't respond. But hey, you know what? You tried. I've done yeah, that. Exactly. You know, uh, I just from her two wheels, uh, YouTube channel, finally mm -hmm. got to meet her face to face. Um, Stacy from ride to food, finally got to meet her face to face. I know I'm working on hopefully having Stacy on here in a couple months when she kind of slows down in her somewhat off season of things. Yeah. No, I, mean, I love her channel. Stacy Wills ride for food channels. Awesome. Yeah. Her videos I, are so good. Yeah, man. I've, uh, I, man, we sat and we talked for a good half hour about, you know her channel and how busy she is and how far behind she is and i just like look i just i'll, I'll touch base with you every now and then just see if i can get you on the show and she wants to come on the show it's just a matter of she has time you know um i was i was just a little disappointed that gloria struck struck wasn't there but i did get to meet her daughter and we've talked on the phone before so it was good to meet her and uh well then you got to meet karen rogers you know Oh geez. I mean Karen Davidson. <laughs> Karen Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> that would go down oh. in his history with Harley Davidson. Oh, Who that was this great. asshole. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. So I mean I, I didn't know. And I wish I had somebody there to go, hey, that's her. This is who she is. Don't <laughs> do what you're gonna do. <laughs> Dude, if to see that moment and you know live in person would have just been fucking awesome. You know what is like, and the thing is, is me, I don't know if anybody saw me approach her, but I if somebody did, I wish somebody would have come up to me later and said, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> but maybe you should share the story because I'm sure some people don't understand oh, okay. what we're so, talking about. Uh, so they had the biker bells had their uh, their gathering there at the big engine bar. Uh, at the Buffalo Chip Crossroads area. And so I figured, well, I know that there's going to be certain people there that I want to meet. So let me go and I'll hang out for that. And that's where I met, you know, Jess and Stacy and uh, Lori Struck. So, so I'm standing in the back and I see this woman at the table with uh, Jess from Her Two Wheels. And she's this woman signing books. I'm going like, oh, great. An author I can have on the show. That's that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Author I can have on the show. Great. Fantastic. So as soon as I'm waiting for all the festivities to die down a little bit. And then I was going to like, you know, kind of slither my way up there and, you know, tap her on the shoulder, say, hey, this is who I am and all that. Um, and so I get I uh, so eventually everything dies down and I, I get to talk to uh, to Jess and Stacy and this woman, whoever this was, 
you know, <laughs> she got up and she was walking around and, you know, talking to people. So eventually I kind of like, I got into her space and she was talking to somebody and I did that tap on the shoulder thing. I said, hi, excuse me. Hi, my name is Ted, you know, motorcycle men podcast. And I, I, I saw you signing some books and I was wondering if I could get you on the show so I can, you know, interview and talk about your book. And I got the dirtiest look from this woman. She, <laughs> she wanted me dead right then. Like who the hell are you even breathing in the same state as I am? Right. Oh my God. But I, I went on, I was very polite, very kind. I'm so sorry to disturb you, but okay, blah, blah, blah. And I, stupid me, I don't have any business cards, right? Well, I should say that I left them all here at home. But so all I had was a sticker that has the Motorcycle Men website on it. Like, hey, here, this, I gave her a say, hey, this is Motorcycle Men podcast. Just email me or let's get in contact. And then, like, I think she's like, Yeah, okay, fine, yeah, fine, sure, okay, fine, sure, 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 okay, fine, fine. You know, and then she she, she walked away. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, Man, that didn't go well at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> but this woman wanted me dead right then and there. I swear to God. <laughs> so, when did, did you find me. out who it was? Uh, about about 10 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> She goes, yeah, yeah, you know, I, we were out there. It's like, so who's that? And he's like, that's Karen Davidson. I was like, well, okay. Davidson. She goes, yes, that's the, the daughter of Willie G. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know, you know, that one up. You just, you, you can't pull that, those words back. You just can't. But uh, all I can hope is that, uh, you know, she forgets. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, but oh, that's freaking good. <laughs> well, you're I remember you. hearing that story when I was listening to that episode with all you guys the other day. I'm like, holy shit, that oh, fucking hysterical. Damn, man. Yeah. So, oh, well, hey, you know, it, it is what it is. Lesson learned. Uh, get business cards. <laughs> Do homework. <laughs> Do homework. Find out who these people are. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I was really impressed with while I was there. So the the different types of bikes when i say different types i should say I, I, let me say let me rephrase that the various personal customizations people did to their own bikes i was extremely impressed with that some of the people did some amazing things to their bikes um jam uh, it's just did those this one woman I, I don't know who she was i had no idea what she got an award of some sort but her bike was all bedazzled it was a road glide and it was painted all these funky colors and it was bedazzled. She had these jewels like all over it. It was the kookiest thing I've ever seen. And they even did a little bicycle to match it. So, but I, there was so much of that there. And it's that, I, I think that's one of the coolest things about going to Sturgis is you're going to see that massive variation of motorcycles. And and I think that's cool. Music. It's because, you know, how many times do you go in some of these chat rooms and forums, you know, Facebook groups, hey, what bars do you run? I want to run these or, you know, fucking handlebars and all the same stuff. And, you know, and you bought a bike. You know, the way I thought of it, you know, think of yourself as an artist. You got a blank canvas. Make the bike yours. Do what you yeah. want to do to make it yeah. yours, your style, fit you to the style of what you want to do riding, whether you're, you know, you're bar hopping, day, day hopping or you want to do some touring so you're setting it up for you know some long distance riding adding goodies and outfitting it but build your own bike the way you want it make it a, 
you know, expression of your personality. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen, well, if you, if you've seen, uh, these, uh, the Sturgis videos that I've been, I've been putting out on the ride with Ted YouTube channel, there is, uh, the, what's that? Is it the last video? The video before day might've been day six, but, uh, I had, I went to a, I went to a bike wash. Of course. Why, why would you not go? Why would you go to Sturgis and not go to a bike wash? Right. Right. <laughs> so oh, cool. you had the bug slide boost right by wild ass at both locations. You didn't go to bug slide. <laughs> uh what i don't know which one wait no 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 i went to the one down the street i can't remember what the name of it was, which it was at one of the bars down the street yeah no i just give me shit yeah no yeah that's no, okay but uh <laughs> anyway but there's there's you can see video of my bike in that one and i did all this uh chrome etching on my bike and it i've got i got so many compliments on it from so many people while i was there and i'm not even done yet and this is just this isn't just something that, uh, you know, like you buy parts and you slap parts on the bike and make it look. No, this is something I actually took the time and did this by hand. You know, this is something that I did. And I, that's something that everybody should do, I think, to their bike to make it their own. You know, I mean, if you want to do parts and stuff like that, but, you know, whatever you're going to do, make your bike your own. You know, like, mm-hmm. like you said, um, hey, but it is what it is. Yep. Cool. Yeah. But no, so I mean, how much touring do you, you know, do you do on your bike? Do you do a lot of traveling and whatnot and, you know, touring uh, rides? You know, I, I, I try to do at least one big ride a year if I can. Uh, last year, it was from North Carolina to the Florida Keys. Uh, the year prior to that, I did I did that trip twice. Um, I did Maricade twice. Uh, this was the big trip, uh, of course, of course, at the Sturgis. Next year... I, I don't know that I'm going to do, like I said, I'm definitely not going to ride the Sturgis again, but uh, in the book, some of the trips that I like to do, uh, I want to do, I should say, is the Blue Ridge Parkway from top to bottom. I want to do that. That would uh, be a beautiful ride. I've seen so many videos and pictures and there's some great riding over, you know, in, in your area where you live. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that uh, Skyline Drive, which starts in Virginia, and goes into the Blue Ridge Parkway. So I'm going to start in Virginia and do Skyline Drive. And a lot of people tell me that Skyline Drive is just as good, if not better, than the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's just as twisty and windy and does the whole ridge and everything. So that would be a, uh, that's going to be a camping trip. That's going to be about uh, four or five days, possibly, uh, at least a whole week long, let's say. So that that's that's a trip that I want to do. But locally around here, uh, mostly you know fifty to one hundred mile rides I'm doing around here. I still want to get in. I still want to get a saddle sore one thousand in, uh, a bun burner. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working my way up to you know. I'd love to get a bun burner silver soon, and then I'd, I'd love to get the gold, the fifteen hundred under twenty four. A bun burner gold? That's that's a bun that's, burner gold is under twenty fifteen hundred miles in twenty four hours or less. So you got to average sixty three miles an hour your whole ride. So I mean, yeah. that's an interstate ride. Well, what's the Bun silver? Burner, silver is under thirty hours. Okay, all right. And what you mean? Last year, I did my first bun burner last year, and that was thirty five and a half hours. And this year, I knocked it down to a little over thirty two and a half. So I don't know. Maybe next year I can get her down to around thirty. Damn! Wow. But the. It'll, it's more of a challenge because, like, for me, doing the Monsters Over Mountains run when I put them on, which is I made both those into bun burners, 
is it's only maybe less than 10% on interstate. It's all back highways. Really? I would much rather travel the back roads yeah, than ride yeah. on the interstate because it's, I don't know, I think it's more personal. You, you get to see America and you get to see some of these beautiful places. And I enjoy more the back road riding than I do on the interstates. And Oh, yeah. When you're trying to do some iron butt rides, it definitely makes it a bit more of a challenge, but I just enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And don't get me wrong. I, I do like uh, back roads. I do like those, uh, those smaller uh, state highways. And the, mm-hmm. I, I like, I do like those a lot. It's just that when you got to slam miles, you, the only way you can do it is you got to slab it. That's yeah. the only way you can. Yep. Do it. That's uh, very true. And I mean, and that's going to be my ride this weekend. I head down to California. It's going to be fucking interstate riding because it's 1230 miles one way to get down to uh Irvine, California for Turbo, who's one of our monster heroes. It's his birthday. So you got my monster people from all over the country. We're all heading to Irvine this weekend for Turbo's birthday. Wow. T- tell me about the Mile Monsters. What's that all about that? Uh Mile Monsters is something that Jeff Wyatt, known as Riot, started two years ago. And um it came about he rides for boys that have duchenne's muscular dystrophy okay there is no cure for duchenne's yet and basically i mean duchenne's is a disease that attacks your muscles you know takes your legs away and the end game is it will take the heart and lungs and right these these young boys and you don't see a lot of them even making it to their 20s early 20s out of their teens because most of them by the time they're 10 or 12 they're in a wheelchair. They're confined to a power chair because Duchenne's is taking their legs from them. So mile monsters we do is like the old slogan. You know, we do epic shit. We do these crazy rides and my stuff is on the lower end of the crazy because I, you know, like you look at Chris Hopper in 21, the hundred thousand miles in hundred days. I got it. That's fucking epic. And you know, I don't have the ability to take that much time off, but I don't even know if I could complete that challenge. I mean, I, well, I don't think I could period, but we do all these, you know, there's so many more people have signed on. You do all these rides because we do all this different stuff to help these boys. I mean, every, every case is different. And right now we have five boys within the Mile Monsters. And so the Monster 100, which finished in Sturges at Black Hills Harley, that was for Drew. The goal was to raise $200,000. Originally, it was 100000 It was going to be a 100-day event. started May 4th ended august 11th one rider per day every rider would ride a thousand miles you have the goal to raise a thousand dollars well when riot put this out it filled up in like two days really and wow. more people like hey we want to ride we we want to ride so he opened it up to two riders per day and that filled up in like two weeks and so and he didn't go beyond that so it was two riders per day every calendar day and you know each rider with the goal to raise a thousand dollars and the end goal was Drew Gunther, who was one of our hero boys. He is 12, was confined to a power chair, and the family needed a wheelchair van. Okay. So we ended up raising $172,000 and bought them a brand-new wheelchair van. Damn, well, I mean, they got to pick out the van they wanted, you know, outfit it with what they needed. And Mile Monster said, here you go, no problem. We paid the bill. No kidding. And so, I wonder you know, how... The- I, I, this is, this is, I don't, it's, it's on topic, but it's on the different side of it. I wonder how that affects them financially. 
When... Uh, well, Mile Monsters is a 501c3 nonprofit. Okay. So what I'm talking about. So they received this tr this van. Now they got to pay taxes on that. No. I see now none of that. I do not know. I I don't know any of that aspect. So I. I couldn't even answer the question because I don't know that side. Okay. I'm just, I just wonder about that. I mean, because it's, it's a wonderful thing that mm -hmm. you guys are doing. And then I just wonder if that's something that they get burdened with. Cause that's, you know, you're talking the van's gotta be at least $80,000, maybe more. Yeah. Probably more from what yeah. we were told, but I don't know the, the dollar yeah. amount. I know it's that's not a, cheap. And then you throw in the wheelchair lift and the other stuff that goes along with the van. And yeah. those things aren't cheap. And, no. The other thing we just did is like they went to put a ramp on on their house and the insurance company said, no, you don't need it. Well, how's, you know, this young boy supposed to get in their house upstairs when they wouldn't pay for a ramp. So last week, Mile Monsters, you know, right, found a, a ramp and rented U-Haul, went and bought a brand new ramp and they put a ramp out, you know, a really nice metal one on their house. So Drew could get in and out of his house. And Damn, wonderful. That's awesome. You know, you see different stuff. I know we got two boys in Ireland that my own monsters helps out with that have Duchenne's and you have Drew in Pennsylvania, Gavin in Texas and Turbo who is in California. Mm -hmm. And they do other stuff. I know like uh, they've done a monster day at Gavin school in Texas, basically went down there and outfitted the entire school in monster day t-shirts, all every student, every staff and did these different assemblies. I mean, they brought their bikes in the gymnasium explaining to the kids kind of, you know, what Duchenne's is, you know, Gavin is no different than you, other than the fact that, you know, his legs don't work like you do. And they, in a way, it's like an anti-bullying campaign. It has been hugely successful. That's all great. And so, you know, they, every kid has, you know, different scenarios and, you know, different things that the family might need help with. I know we've done Maya Monsters in two vans for two different boys now. Right. And, you know, this Monster Day in, in Texas, I think they've done two of them in Texas and they're getting ready. They were supposed to do a big event in Ireland, but there were some snafus happened and mm -hmm. i think that's been pushed back to next year there'll be some events going on in ireland for jack and alfie and you know as it, as it continues to grow and you know more people are coming on they've you know made this little application thing you know parents can fill out if they have a, a boy with duchens because it only affects males that's weird it's a certain chromosome and oh i want to say it's like chromosome 97 i read some of this and it's the one chromosome that that will bring Duchenne's upon. And so most of these kids get diagnosed young and you know, it's a, wow. it's a terrible disease. If you know, a guy has kids, you feel blessed and your kids are, you know, healthy and amazing and, you know, talented athletes and all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you've been fortunate enough to see your kids, you know, play sports, walk across the stage, you know, get their diploma, graduate school and, you look at the boys at Duchenne's and it's like, they're never going to have that opportunity to do any of this. So that's, that's sad. You know, I've, my wife and I are big supporters of it. And, you know, when it came apart, it's like I was sharing posts and, you know, trying to help out. And then last year it's like, I want to do something more. So that's when yeah. I started the, I did the monsters over mountains ride and it, you know, I guess became popular and yeah. people are calling me, Hey, I would love to come do that. And this year we had, you know, uh, Shell Federson came out of South Dakota. Del Myers, who lives in, I think, Missouri, came out to ride with us. And, you know, there's already inquiries about next year's ride. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we just finished this year's. Fuck. Yeah. What's now? What's but, the uh, Monsters of the Mountain? What's that all about? That's a ride that I put on for Mile Monsters. And being over here in the Northwest of Washington, 
Yeah. You got a lot of mountain passes. So sure, yeah. we came up with the name Monsters Over Mountains. And we, the first one, we did nine mountain passes we crossed in the wow. first year. And wow. this year we did just about the same. But we yeah. actually ended up going through three states. We did Washington, Idaho, Montana, and back to Washington. Wow. Damn. And so it's just kind of the name that stuck and always, you know, the mountains are always going to be part of it. And yeah, I don't know, maybe we'll grow a little bit bigger, but it's always been basically a, a 36 hour run for a bun burner. And which is cool is the, the iron butt association for each year has actually made a special certificates that only the seven people that have wrote it each year can get. Oh, wow. That's so they excellent. put the mosses over mountains logo on the certificates and, Okay. Actually, this year labeled it as the Monsters Over Mountains Bun Burner fifteen hundred run. Okay, so th this is going to be an annual event. Yeah, I guess it is now. <laughs> it's kind of you know, it's always been a, a by invite only because, well, the first two years you've ran it as a group, and it's really hard if you know with the way people are responding to it and intrigued upon it, hmm. if it grows to you know. 10 or more, it makes your fuel stops are going to be that much longer because, you know, you're waiting for other people. And so it might have to kind of restructure where everybody could get a map, say, hey, yeah. day one, here's your destination, about 1,050. We'll meet up here and, you know, we'll hobo camp in this parking lot because that's what we did the first year in Arlington, Oregon. We camped in a city park parking lot, basically threw our mattresses on the ground about 1.30 in the morning and slept for three hours, got up, hit the road, and Damn. This year we did that up in Bonner's Ferry, pulled behind a church parking. So, so you guys all ride together. You all head out and ride together yeah. once. Yeah, really? Yep. Wow. Yeah, we've That's... all, first two years we stuck together. You know, everybody, we hobo camp together somewhere after our, a thousand miles. Because like the first year, I, for me, I, that was my first actual iron butt ride. Yeah. So I did what they call nesting a ride. I got my Saddlesaur 1000 and my Bun Burner 1500 in, out of one run because wow. the first day was a Bun Burner. Or a saddle sore did a thousand twenty, and so we did that this year because we brought in a new guy, mm -hmm. which I I did the mentoring for him through because I'm a IBA Premier member, so I can mentor a guy, bring a brand new guy in. Which the cool thing is, I get my certification. You get it for free if you're a Premier member. They don't charge you because you're bringing somebody else into the association. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, it's been really fun and really neat. And wow it's cool to see the intrigue and people that are following it and that, you know, it's crazy that we just finished it. And I've had messages from people talk, asking about next year's and like, Holy crap, man, I, I don't know yet. Yeah. You we know, just what, finished. That's, that's really cool because uh, I've, well, I, I've been trying to, you know, with some, some events, for example, like it's not around anymore. They stopped doing it. And I, it baffles me, but the uh, you heard, you, you remember the void rally? You're feeling no. the, void rally. the void rally was a 24 hour rally where you had to go uh, take using using your flag, take pictures of certain things around and you had 24 hours to do it to get bonus points and stuff like that. But it's one of these things where they're planning next year's rally the day the current year's rally is done. It, and, and people are always asking about it a year in advance and there are other rallies like that. Uh, the Mason Dixon rally is one of them that goes on. And these are, these are, again, these are 24 hour sort of like scavenger hunt kind of rallies. Mm -hmm. uh, well, people are asking about it again before it even starts. 
you know, there was the, well, for, for, oh, let me see for the, I don't know if you can see behind me. See that trophy back there? Yeah. Okay. That's part of the motorcycle podcasters challenge. And this was a, a rally challenge that started about five, six years ago. And at first it was just my podcast, throttled podcast and the loud pipes podcast. And the idea was in the beginning was to go out and gather as many miles as you could in the course of a week. And then the winner would get a trophy, right? And then it, it, it progressed to, okay, well, let's invite more podcasts to participate. And then it was, okay, now anybody can participate. You just say what team you want to be on. And it grew. And then every year people were asking, when is this rally going to happen again? When is this rally going to happen? It kept growing and growing. And then it went from just mileage. Now you had to get a picture of a road sign or you had to get a picture of a, 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 the city sign or you had to get a picture of a, a restaurant name or something like that. So it's expanded. Uh, this year was a relaxed form of the, of, of the challenge. But people are already asking about next year. And, you know, <laughs> it's just unlike your event that, that you're like your uh your ride people are asking about it because it's something that they enjoy doing so they want to continue doing in your case you're doing it for a great cause so why wouldn't people want to be involved right and i've i have got the dates locked in for next year because with some of the people that have acquired that want to ride it they will be riding uh the hokahei which is done every other year you got yeah. the iron butt rallies on odd years the hokahei is done on even years and since this, well, not this year, excuse me, next year for 24, the Hokahe ends in Homer, Alaska. So some of those guys from Alaska, they're going to work their way down from Alaska, come to Washington, and then ride, you know, mosses over mountains and then continue on to their homes from Damn. other places. Plus, the other reason for that is Frank Orlando, who has been a part of this since we started. He's a good friend of mine, lives in eastern Washington. Yeah. And he's done so much to help promote you know, the monsters over mountains. He works at a printing company and they've donated no time, made us our flyers. They've made our stickers and banners for the bikes and done so much. It's like, I'm going to work around that date because Frank has been a part of this. And there's only three of us that have, you know, from when it started that still wrote it for the second year. And so I want to, you know, I will ensure that Frank will be available to ride it. So, you know, we've moved the dates for next year mm -hmm. so I can accommodate to, so Frank can ride it because he's been part of it and yeah. I don't want to run it when he's not available. It just doesn't seem right. And he's going to be riding. He got accepted to the Hokahe next year. So we will run it the week after. So Are you next doing year, the again? I've never done it. Oh. I've, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I went over the last year because I've had all the 2020 top 10 finishers on the podcast and okay. got to know a lot of the guys and it's uh, intriguing. I've, considering maybe in 26 but we'll see yeah i mean because i was um i was following a, a couple uh riders on uh last year's i was following craig johnson of course i was following him mm -hmm. i was following uh, a, fr a friend of the podcast and the guest of the show uh, chris comley he was uh he was in it as well as following him uh it's you're right it's very intriguing it's like you, you want to do it, but then at the same time, you're asking yourself if you should do it. You know, yeah. You uh, do I have, can I actually physically and mentally do it? Yeah. And financially too. Cause you got to remember now this, you're paying for your own gas. 
Yeah. And yeah, for 10 days, I mean, you know, you're, you're sleeping outside, you're sleeping yep. next to your bike. Yep. Your turn by turn directions, your no GPS is allowed. That's right. You know, you've got to make checkpoint windows and yep. it's, you know, one of those runs that I guess you can't say separates men from the boys because there's a lot of female riders that have done it, but it's going to separate your, your average Joe's from your yeah. serious long distance mileage, mileage pushing individuals. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was following Craig and I'm thinking like, man, oh man. And even my friend, Chris, I was following him too. And sleeping, I think is the, is the big thing. Not so much eating because you can eat on the bike. That's not a big deal. You yeah. Can eat on the bike. But sleeping, that is the, that because nothing will drag you down into the gutter faster than fatigue. Right. You know, and, and you know, I think that's where some of those guys that get in some of those accidents when they push themselves and try to ride for 30, 35 hours on no sleep. And I think, you know, like I talked to Craig beforehand. I think I had him on the podcast right before he left for that. And you know, ask us, you know, you know, what's your goal? Are you going for the 10 days? He's like, No, I have 14 days to be a finisher. He goes, That's my goal. And you know, if you look at it in that aspect, riding 700, 800 miles a day is not overly hard. I think no, the biggest no, part, but the challenge is following your turn by turn directions. Because if you miss a turn, you have to go back to where you miss those. And Shell Federson, who rode this year with me for Monsters Over Mountains, we were talking about the Hoka Hey. It's like, how did you handle the directions aspect? Because of, you know, getting to talk to a lot of people that have done it. You know, it might say turn on I-10, go less than 50 miles, and turn on, you know, Highway 40. Well, it's less than 40. It could be 5, it could be 10, 20. It's just, you know, that it's less than 40 miles. Oh, I see. I see. And they she's get, like, they get real vague with the directions. Yeah, and so she goes, no, she goes, what I would do, she goes, every time I took a turn, she goes, I had a dry race marker. I'd put a line through that, and I'd reset my trip meter. She goes, if I went beyond 40 miles, she was like, I am turning around and going back. You know, she goes, and I did is- that for every turn. I'm like, fuck, that's smart. Interestingly enough, uh, I've done a lot of bicycle tours uh, over the years. I used to I used to do an annual bicycle tour for uh, MS, MS Bike, and they would give us a cue sheet. And what the cue sheet is, is you're going to start here. You're going to go on this road for X amount of miles, and then you're going to turn left and your odometer should read this, that type of thing. So familiar with that, if you know how to read a cue sheet or if you can create your own cue sheet, uh, it really shouldn't be difficult. I I wouldn't think anyway, but yeah, I'm resetting your odometer. Resetting your odometer at, at, at each turn, ideal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be the biggest challenge is, is trying to follow the uh, the navigation. Yeah, that makes, but that makes it fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes it fun. <laughs> yep. It, it, it would be, you know, something to add, you know, to your, uh, your motorcycling resume. Been yeah. there, done that. Got the sheet, you know, got the picture, got the certificate. I can prove it. But, yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, uh, you know, an iron butt uh, this year, uh, I don't know. I tell you what, if you've never done one, you do your first one, and then you suddenly realize how addicting it is. Yeah, I guess. I guess it could be, yeah. 
you know, it's like uh, Michael Lamb, known as Wrong Way. He's, you know, a Hokahe veteran, and I became great friends with him. He's out of Texas. And when he started doing, you know, his iron butt rides a couple years ago, getting ready, essentially training for the Hokahe, he's like, it really opens your eyes just to how small the country is when you think about, can I get somewhere? He goes, you start doing these thousand mile days or you, you know, you start busting out these bun burners. He's like, everything just got a lot smaller when it comes to going places. Yeah. I can see like, that's a good point. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, two years ago, was it two years ago? It was last year. Oh my God. Last year. Time is flying. Oh my God. <laughs> it's last year already. I rode, I rode to the keys. And I left my house here in North Carolina and I rode straight shot all the way down to the resort we stay at in Isla Mirada, Florida, 825 miles in one shot. And when I got there, I said, damn, you know what? If I just went a little bit more, <laughs> I would have had my saddle sore. But, you know, hey, so I know I can do it. That's for damn sure. I know I can do it. And I did it in how, how many hours? I did it in 15 hours. That's not bad at all. No, not bad at That's all. That's pretty damn good. And, you know, and I probably would have done it less if if I didn't hit so much traffic in Florida. I could understand that. Yeah, you know, so yeah, and that, and that, I think that's the thing about a, of doing a a saddle store is picking the correct route that you're going route take. planning, and you know, everybody has their their times they like to leave. I know everyone I've done. I like to think the aspect is. I like to leave early. I'll leave between three and four in the morning is when really? I, I like to start just because with the idea of getting to my end destination, you know, in the evening time, as opposed to riding uh, late into the night in unfamiliar areas, I'd rather ride through, you know, my home region that I know really well in the dark and try to mm -hmm. give myself more daylight time to finish when I get to areas that I'm less familiar with. And that's just for me. Yeah, I like to work it. because because I'm thinking for me, for my area aspect of it, if I were to do one, I'd be of course be interstating the whole thing. But you're going out, you're 500 miles, and you turn around and come right back the same way, basically. You know. Yeah, it, it, I mean, there's the option you can do the out and back loops. I mean, there's, you know, everybody can set up their own. And that's kind of the fun part of, of doing it too. You know, make out your route. Hey, I want to go here, 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 and then loop back or out and straight out and back too. It's yeah, whatever person wants. Doesn't doesn't the IBA have a? Uh, I I don't know that they have one for every state, but I thought they had one do a loop of your entire state kind of thing yep. in twenty four hours. Did they have one for Washington? Yeah, loop around Washington, and I think they actually for Washington it's a thirty hour. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I know they don't. They I know they have one for North and South Carolina. They don't have one just for North Carolina, but they have it. They also have that they started early this year is the X ride, where you make an X from all four corners of your state. Oh, really? And if your state hasn't been done, you can be the first one to do it, and then you set the standard for it. <laughs> don't give me any ideas, because I might do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah but i'm i'm thinking of um i've already been asked about daytona for the spring if i'm gonna go to that i've already been asked about myrtle beach bike week again for next year i've been asked about if i'm going to the fall rally in daytona this year 
And it's a big I don't know to every one of them. Have you ever done Laconia? No, I really don't have any interest in going to Laconia. Okay. No, I'm just curious. I know yeah, it's I mean, you know, the I mean, oldest one we have in the country. Yeah, I, I, it is. Um, I would do Americade again. I've done Americade twice already. I would do Americade again. That's pretty fun. It is. I tell you, the uh, because I'm very familiar with upstate New York, the riding in upstate New York is just phenomenal. It's really, really wonderful. And not only that, you're right. The Catskills? It's, it's, no, it's, it's actually, actually closer to the Adirondacks. Uh, that's basically where you are up there. And plus, and, and then you get into, and you're right there by Vermont also. So the riding in Vermont is equally as beautiful. And uh, the expo that they have there is just fantastic. The the demo rides that they offer are just crazy demo rides. And plus, there's just the area alone has a lot of amenities. You know, there's there's the lake itself. You know, they got they got the they, they actually have dinner cruises that go out on the lake. So is that, that Lake George? Lake George, yeah, 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 and it's so worth it. Uh, I went with my brothers twice, and we took the dinner cruises. You know, uh, they have the comedy shows. Naturally, Alonzo Bowden usually is a regular there. Um, it's just, it's, it's really, really nice. The only thing you have to prepare yourself for is that there's a likelihood that it's going to rain, because they have it the first week of June every year, and. Uh, historically in, in upstate New York, the May, late May through mid June is the rainy season. Hey, that's another one. Yeah. You know, sometime oh, Labor Day weekend is the four corners rally in Colorado. Wow. That that, I know that's on my list of one I would, I would love to do is because I mean, Colorado has some epic rides. I mean, Silverton, the million dollar highway, Telluride, I mean, the Rockies, there's yeah. some beautiful country that, I've seen lots of videos and lots of pictures of, and I myself haven't been able to check it out, but it is on my list. Oh my God. You know, and it, it, for me also route 66 is on the list. Uh, I would love to do that. I know the orange and black tours, they run a, a, a bunch of different type of route 66 rides. Uh, you can do the whole thing. You can do half of it, the beginning half, the, the latter half. But it's just pricey. It's just you can do a self-guided tour too. That's what my buddy Frank. Well, Frank Orlando, uh, two months ago, he did a bun burner from Yakima, Washington, all the way to Brainerd, Minnesota, to see Craig and have breakfast with him. He rode sixteen hundred miles in twenty-three hours. Damn! Slept in the parking lot at Wild Ass, waiting for them to show up. Had breakfast, <laughs> and then met his brother down by Chicago, and they rode Route sixty-six all the way to California. Damn! Wow, that, that that's a monster right there! Wow, oh, Frank crap. is an absolute animal when it comes to uh, riding. A guy's amazing and super fun to ride with, and and to follow some of his ventures, the stuff that he also does for Mile Monsters, he must have an amazing speech because he gets all these dealerships that donate stuff to the boys for their birthdays or runs when he's doing to go see them, and it is amazing what the guy gets for the boys and wow. their donations that he's he pulls in. It's absolutely awesome holy crap damn that's a massive ride man oh, shit. <laughs> yeah that guy runs some miles and like you know he was one of the first i think that got accepted for next year's hoka hey but damn, he is yeah. an iron butt riding fool but again it again i bring it up again it's just sleeping how does how, how do you do that you know? <laughs> he did a ride i remember it was a few months ago on a sunday he went down to the taco run which is big long distance endurance riders meet up in medicine park oklahoma he left there on a Saturday afternoon, and he called me like Sunday morning. It was like 10 o'clock. 
I'm, you know, getting in the shower, phone rings, and it's Frank. I'm like, hey, what's up, Frank? He's like, you got a minute to talk? I'm like, yeah, let me put you on speaker. I'm taking a shower. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, I'm riding. I think he was somewhere between Utah and Idaho. I'm like, Jesus, Frank. He's like, you've been riding all night? Yeah, yeah, I have. And I'm like, you tired? He's like, I listened to that episode. He's like, I'm tired. I'm not sleepy. He goes, I just needed someone to talk to for a little while. But he rode from Medicine Park, Oklahoma to Yakima in one shot for like 27-hour run. Oh. And Frank's 59 years old. What? And he does this crazy shit. And Oh, yeah. Frank is an animal. When I get old, I want to be like Frank. (laughs) Everybody wants to be like Frank. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We've made that joke. I mean, we all want to be like Frank when we get old. You got to make up a t-shirt that says, I want to be like Frank. (laughs) I mean, the guy's riding. He bought brand new a 2021 Road King. And he's got, I think, 112,000 miles on it now. Damn. Damn. How many miles does your bike have on it? 119,000. Seriously? Yeah. What year is it? 2004. Wow, so your bike is almost as old as mine. Yeah. yeah. It's 19 years old. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. Second owner of mine. My The original owner is my dad. Wow. Holy cap. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, got I, every, I feel very wimpy compared to you, though. Service record and everything that's been done to my bike from day one and, and all the stuff. I mean, you know, we're pretty fortunate. My dad and I are both pretty mechanically inclined, and we got a pretty good shop. We got the bike lift, our own tire changer and stuff in my dad's garage. Oh, wow. So we're able to do pretty much all of our maintenance on our own. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Knock on wood. My bike's only seen the dealership one time. And that's when I broke down my brand new charging system failed when I got the Sturgis last year for the Hoka Hay run. Damn. But Black Hills took care of me and I, they did a phenomenal job. Even after they made a small mistake that I caught once I got home and, you know, they stood behind their mistake and said, Hey, we're sorry. And they refunded me my money. Oh, damn. That's good. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's great. They stood behind it because, you know, nobody should have their bike come out of my shop. And so they yeah. refund, well, not the whole thing, but they refunded half the bill, damn. which I thought was still. That's, that's, that, that's, epic right there. That, that's yeah. epic. Yeah. My, uh, I, I had a little incident with my bike while I was up there. I was on the uh, needles, I was on needles highway and it was hot as balls that day. Right. Super hot. And uh, we were, there was a lot of sitting still uh, because the traffic was just absolutely insane. It was more of a traffic jam on Needles Highway than it was a ride. Right. Um, and I got to the toward the end and I, I just pulled over to the side of the road because everybody was trying to decide which way they wanted to go. I pulled over and this guy pulls up next to me in this three wheeled shoe, for lack of a better word. And uh, he told me that uh, my brake lights weren't working. Oh, I remember you showed me that. That module melted. Yeah, yeah. So there's a module underneath my seat, and it melted. Uh, I I went to Black Hills, and the long story short, the the guy at the parts counter looked it up in 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 the in his manuals, and he goes, "Your bike's not supposed to have that. That's not that's not a standard part. That was added later." So he told me what to do, and I went out to my bike and I unplugged it and plugged the two wires back in, and I had brake lights again. But it, that module on the back of a Heritage. You've got the tombstone light in the middle, and then you got the two outside lights, which are basically your signals. Okay. Yeah. So that was basically a run turn brake control. It'll give you three right, brake so, lights and right, cross the back. You, exactly. So once I unplugged that, I got my, my tombstone light is my brake light. And then of course my signals are back being your signals, which is fine. That that that's okay. As long as, long as I had brakes. 
you know, yeah. but the guy helped me out. He was great. He helped me out. No charge. Thanks a lot. And that was it. So, yeah, that's the kind of adventure you, you don't want to have. <laughs> Especially, but, you know, it, it adds to the story. It adds to the yeah. adventure when you're, you know, yeah. once it's over and done, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, it, you know. One of those things that happens, but you don't want to be riding without brake lights. That's for sure. That's no <laughs> shit, especially on a motorcycle, man. That's why I I run. You know, I had the custom dynamics little module, so I get, you know, my tail lights and my blinkers are also my brake lights. Yeah, you know, and then I you get what nine different flash patterns, so they'll strobe and flash and get everybody's attention before they yeah. go solid. I see. I got. I've been wanting to do that for the longest time, but it's just an. It's an expense I don't I'm not ready to dive into just yet. It is an expense, but I don't know. I guess I, I look on the flip side as it's your, what's safety. your safety worth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're you know, and it's right. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, it's just one of those things. But no, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And for me, you know, fortunately, you know, I'd have to work with them and you know, they've done a lot to help, you know, with my safety, I like to put it. So yeah, no, it's, it's been great. And they got a great product and you know, I, I've been very happy with them and you know, I had one issue with a little wiring harness piece, gave him a call, and I had a brand new wiring harness two days later. Oh, that's great. See, that's, hey, that's I can, great customer service. That's it's like, that's hey, I can fix the wires. One wire that broke. They said, don't you dare solder that wire. We're sending a brand new one. <laughs> Okie dokie. Alrighty then. You know, I, I wasn't overly worried, but no, they, they stand yeah. behind their stuff. So wow. that's awesome. Uh, what's your dream bike? Uh, I would love to get a 2012 Road Glide. I why, like the twin cams. That? I yeah. like how they redesigned the nose on the front of the 12s. I like the 110s, and I really like the twin cam. I know how to work on them. I'm very comfortable with them, and I'm just really not a big fan of the Milwaukee's. Oh, really? But That's then on the flip side, I wouldn't mind, especially for comfort with two up riding for my wife and I, I wouldn't mind about a 20, 21 Road Glide Limited because yeah. they stretch the frame. The yeah. pasture has more room. So mm -hmm. I would go with a Milwaukee in that aspect, especially for you know the tour up the two up comfort with touring with my wife. Yeah. But I I'm also just a big twin cam fan. I really like the motors. Do you have the 96 or the 88? Uh it started as an 88. Okay. It's a 95. It's you know, the uh cam chain tension has been pulled out i got gear driven cams in it oh, a little feel. bit of head work tune slip-ons yeah. exhaust intake and right. enough to give you a little bit more oomph but not enough to where i like to look at it as so much people everybody's i want more horsepower i want to go bigger bigger is always better yeah. well i i look at the aspect you know if you give yourself a little bit more you know a little bit more torque a little bit more power like what i got but you don't take away from the longevity of the motor I mean, some these older twin cams, you know, they have proven themselves. You take care of them, they will go the mileage. They will go quite the ways. And yeah. I like the aspects. You know what? I got a little bit more, and I keep up on the maintenance. You know, I got a little black book in the tour pack, and it's got every service from day one that's ever been done on. My dad put in there. I mean, down to the fact when he had it, I mean, dates where he checked the tire pressure. You know, put new tires on an oil change, you know, change the air filter, uh, spark plug, spark plug wires, everything. Yeah. From how day like, one. How, and how do you like the uh, mechanical cam chest? The gear driven setup. I really like it because it's trouble free. Yeah. Yeah. That's as I see when I had a, I had a, I had a whole, I don't know if you know the story. Uh, 
if you listen back through my podcast, you'll hear it. But uh, my my cam chain tensioners went on my bike, and uh, I caught them just in time, actually. And then there was a whole six month process of rebuilding the bike. Um, I, I eventually got the parts from hard drive and I put the bike back together and the cam chain tensioners that hard drive sent me, they failed. Oh shit. With, they failed within 2,400 miles. So, uh, I called, I, I, I called them up and I talked to them about it and they, they made good on it. They said, we're going to fix your bike. And they told me to bring it to Harley and they'll pay for the, they'll pay for the labor and the part. And they gave me all the parts and it, they so the only thing I did, I said, okay, you know what? Put the hydraulic uh, cam chest together. Put the hydraulic thing in there, and that's what they did. So they fixed my bike, and it's been running great ever since. I I wanted to do the gear driven setup, but the the cost was just so much, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's not cheap. I have the receipts in 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 the book when my dad had it done. It's not cheap, but. It's what he wanted to do, and you know he was the owner at that time, and he did it. And that's also when he went to the hydraulic primary chain tensioner, the HB one twenty five. Oh, really? And so the the primary chain is also on a hydraulic tensioner, self adjusting. Wow. See, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're of the of the mindset though. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's working fine, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> just take care of it and it'll take That's care of it. you just, just change your fluids all the time and make sure everything's running if you hear a noise then you get worried you know yeah we don't we don't want so we don't like noises too much <laughs> well it's like craig johnson's dad i was talking about you know i'd love to do you know little goodies and we were talking one night up at the house and he's like well what's wrong with it I'm like well nothing but i just thought of that he goes then why are you thinking about it he goes write it he goes, yeah. don't worry about fixing that he goes just write it it, it's working great, isn't it? Well, yeah. Then ride it. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, Good point. Just leave it alone. That's it. Yep. yep. It's like my brother, uh, my brother Chris. He's got a uh, he's got a 2002 Fat Boy. Uh, some time ago, somebody was pulling out of a parking spot and it wasn't paying attention, and they ran into him on the right hand side. And all they did to his bike, only damage they did was they bent the brake pedal up, and that was it. Now he bought a new brake pedal to put on, but you know what? He goes like, I'm, I'm used to it now. So I'm just going to leave it. So now he rides around with this bent brake pedal. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's fine. Yeah. I, I, used I, to it. You overcome it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I said, you know, he's got, cause he's got the twin cam also. And I said, did you have those uh, cam chain tensioners checked out? And he goes, I'm not fucking with it. If it's running fine, I'm not hearing any noises. I'm leaving it alone. <laughs> It's like okay, all right, yeah, then. yeah. <clears throat> you know, he, you know, he, maybe he's one of the lucky ones. You know, Harley Davidson produced. Um, I forget the number now, but it's in the it's in the tens of thousands of bikes with the with the uh, with the twin cam eighty eight. Thousands, a lot. Of, a lot of them, thousands of bikes. But there was a point throughout the production of the. Uh, of the twin cam where it's not the it's not the tensioners that fail or the tensioners that cause the failure what happens is it's the cam chains that cause the failure at some point they stretch harley, well what happens is at some point harley davidson changed vendors of those chains 
the new vendor did not polish their chains. So what happens is you have all these rough edges on their chains and it basically just eats the cam chain tensioners, which are basically made of plastic yeah, or n- nylon as they call it. Right. So, yeah. and instead of using up all of the original ones and then start using new ones, they pretty much just like lumped them all into one big lump and they just started manufacturing them like, like that. They would do it like that. Um, and there are some bikes that the cam chain tensioners never fail. They just don't. Mm-hmm. But then there are some that are failing within 5,000 miles. They were finding, you know, failures in, into the point where these are engine failures now because they, they, they get starved of oil. You know? so they well, look at the, the early Milwaukee's with a sumping in like 18 and 19. Really? You know, the oil pumps were sumping and they were blowing motors left and right. And Harley really? was having to replace a lot of motors because they had a serious, too much pressure in the crankcase. And so it was sumping the oil out of them. No kidding. Wow. So anyway, so they uh, they eventually found out what the problem was. And then when they went to the 96, they rectified that problem. But in the meantime, <laughs> there's a bunch of uh, 88s running around out there with, uh, you know, Russian roulette. <laughs> Just wait for it. I had a good friend with an old five Road King. He didn't sell. He bought a new one. He wanted to keep it. He was up to 175000 Really? And he had R-Dub who runs the... Uh, long distance riders page robert carlo his went his 04 went 227,000 before they had to do an overall before the bottom end gave out yeah see again it, it, you just never know they're they they would not either not fail 5,000 miles or you know 75,000 miles mine failed at uh See, I bought the bike with twenty four thousand miles on it, and I did the change at it was like about about forty six thousand miles. That's when I had it. Yeah. So. Well, that's done. <laughs> no so, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. So. so, well, buddy, I think it's about a good time to sure to call an end. You know, it's getting late. I got to get up early, early. But uh, dude, this has been I, a lot of fun, man. Thanks for coming, hanging out, Ted. Hey, I know it's kind of late where you're at. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful to meet you up there in Sturgis. And yeah. hey, look, now I can go on the list of the people that you have met. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been a lot of fun, you know, and, yeah. and that, that's the bonus of this, you know, you, you get a, you make new friends every time and absolutely, you know, you, you learn that, you know, the mutual friends upon each other and then, you know, absolutely. it just keeps going. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the invite. You know, this has been really great, and I, you know, we had a made a new friend, and now uh, I can have you on the show. You're going to play our Jeopardy game with us. All right. Yeah. Actually, Tuesday we're actually we're, we're doing a new episode on Tuesday, and I'm going to be having on Robert Pandya. He's the COO of the Buffalo Chip. He's going to be a guest contestant for our Jeopardy game on Tuesday. So oh, nice. you want to hear that. And yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see the Motorcycle Men Jeopardy game up at the Buffalo Chip. You never know. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Well, hey, man, let everybody know where they can find you and follow, you know, your your adventures and your podcast and what you got going on. Okay. Well, the Motorcycle Men podcast can be found at mo- the website is mo- motomenpc.com or and or motorcyclemen.us both of those will lead you right to the the podcast website uh we can be found on itunes spotify pretty much any 
podcast outlet that you may use, we're on there. You can find us. And of course, uh, we will be, we record our shows usually every two weeks. I try to have an interview uh, every other week and we usually do a live show every two weeks also, but we'll see. We may, in, do, may increase our, uh, uh, our output of podcasts in the months to come. So there's that. And then of course there is my ride with Ted YouTube channel. Go check that out. You can see all of my Sturgis videos as they are happening. So yeah, make sure you get over there and check that out as well. There we go. Amen. So, well, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Mile Post 109 with Ted Kettler. It's been a great episode. And uh, stay tuned for Mile Post 110, which is going to be in two weeks because I am out of town next weekend for uh, that Mile Monster event. But uh, we will be back after that. So, hey, everybody, ride safe, have fun. We'll catch you in the crossroads. Be safe. <laughs>